All right, well, let's get started with episode 31 of the Current Gen Podcast. My name is Tim. I'm here with Derek. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. You know, no one really asks anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to the next person. <laughs> Dan's also here. What's up, Dan? How the hell are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Very Actually, happy. not really amazing. I'm doing just fine. But hey, listen, we did just get a puppy this week, and I will post pictures on both the podcast page and in the group, because this puppy looks like a little stuffed animal brought to life. It's so mm. stinking cute. It's ridiculous. Speaking of boobies, do you remember when JR, is <laughs> JR from wrestling, when he would just yell puppies when one of the uh-huh. uh, wrestling ladies came out? That was... uh. Larry yeah. the King Lawler did that. There, yeah, the King. There we go. Yeah, be yeah, like yeah. puppies. It's like, all right, guys. Yeah. Didn't one of them pass away? I forget. I think one. they're both still them. alive. Oh, they are. Okay, I thought I one of them died. They probably still do their show. Probably, you know, the announcing. Yeah, probably. Um, yep, got a new puppy. It's super cute, and uh, I highly recommend it for any folks who are dog people out there who have kids because we've tried a couple different full-grown dogs that all seem to be great fits, but having little toddlers crawling around. I'm telling you, you never know what the dog personality is with the baby because yeah. babies will push the limits. So we have sadly had to get rid of the dogs in short order when we realized they're bad with toddlers. So we rolled the dice, got a puppy, and um, we're happy with it. Yeah. She's I mean, you guys aren't busy enough with all the children in your lives. So <laughs> you just needed a puppy, obviously. <laughs> we needed a puppy. We needed a puppy. Um, but now I work from home full time, and part of me was like, I kind of want to be able to have this dog that comes and like sits at my feet while I'm working. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. For some reason, I love that the idea of that. But and keep your anyway. feet warm in the cold. Keep my feet, yeah, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. So uh, hey, listen, you guys will be excited to know that um, it's been a long time, and I know that usually when this topic comes up, we talk about how it's trash, and I know it really the topic really upsets the two of you, especially when it, when I talk about it, and it's something you've been wanting me to experience. So I finally, finally watched hamilton and i just need to, <laughs> <laughs> I need to let you know that uh it's not it's not bad it's not bad it's not i mean it's you're... one of those things where if you like musical theater it's impressive like the the performances and the way they move the stage around and all that's impressive but i did find it overall to be something that i don't necessarily need to watch again i don't know i was just mm-hmm. curious about the phenomenon that is okay. hamilton and it it's just fine goes on way too long it's so long and when it, when it said That's intermission i i was like i'm done <laughs> oh i was serious I, I think i i told the because i think it was just dan and i i think you weren't there that week but like when both of him and i had attempted to watch it which i think he only watched a little bit of it well, but i was like 30 or 40 minutes in uh-huh. and i had, had assumed because i had done no research I was like, oh, I gotta, we got to be like halfway through. I mean, this is just a play. It's just a musical. It couldn't be three hours long or something. <laughs> it definitely like is. That. It's like two and a half hours, I think. Yeah, and then I go and look it up, and it's like I'm only 30 minutes into a two and a half hour. I was like, no. I got yeah. angry, and I told May, I was like, turn this crap off. Listen, I will admit it is very clever in the writing and, and there's lots of rapping, which is so fast and honestly, truly really well done, well, well written. That doesn't necessarily mean that I want to watch it for two and a half, three hours, but I can admire it for what it is. Uh, but I thought I'd lead you guys on because I knew you were thinking and hoping I was going to well, say Dragon Age. You but, said you, know. you said too long, Tim. Um, I think too long is anything beyond zero seconds. <laughs> because here's so here's the thing right 
mm-hmm. and I've, I've felt this way for a long time. I don't mind plays because plays uh-huh. essentially to me are just like, is like live, uh, live movies, right? It's just actors acting on a stage. It's like, you're watching a movie live musicals yeah. just make me uncomfortable. Like one minute these actors are acting and then they just break out into super cheesy, corny music. And it just, what about like, a movie that is like the reality of it? If you're but, thinking this is supposed to be semi-realistic, you're like, nobody does no, that. Nobody but it's, but it's also the style of music. I can't stand it's oh, fair. Yeah. I just can't stand the style of music. Plus the fact that it's like, well, you're acting and now you're just suddenly breaking out into song. And it's like, this is really dumb. Just say words instead of singing. I, that's what, kind of why I appreciate what they did with Hamilton though, because it is very, um, well, I don't like rap hip hop style, yeah. but I just, I think the hip hop style in a, in a stage musical is just really, unique. well, it's different. Yes. Yeah. And so, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is pretty much a genius when it comes to songwriting. So he's fantastic. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I understand why people love it. I can't put myself in the camp of someone who loves it. I can admire it for what it is, but yeah, I kind of feel like I just checked it off the list and I'm not going to watch it again. Well, so there you go. I'm proud of you for enduring. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But hey, listen, uh, video game wise, I did finish up Marvel's Avengers main campaign. Hey, there you go. And I don't know if you guys have finished it or not, but in yes. my opinion, it is a worthwhile campaign to play through. It's a yeah. worthwhile story to experience. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, because I, I think you had asked me when I told you I finished it, and you're like, is it worth finishing? And I said, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. I, I think I think Kamala's like arc and just like the, uh, the the actress that they chose, which I think she's like new to the to the industry, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're um, right. She yeah. did like an excellent job. She was great. Um, yeah. She really wins you over. Like, you, yeah. you, you root for her the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Like, I knew nothing about Miss Marvel prior to this game. And now I'm like, oh, she's she's a, a cool character. Same. Endearing. So. I think the only thing I knew about her was from the Ultimate Alliance game on the Switch. I was like, oh, she's kind of stretchy and weird. I don't like her yeah, powers. Yeah. And so I'm done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, I think they found a way to have a really cool story. I, I liked it overall. And I liked the, the final kind of mission where it's a series essentially a series of boss encounters and and each character gets a chance to shine i just liked the way they did it i thought it was fun yeah it was good yeah um and then at the end they do kind of very similar to a division or destiny where they have a series of missions and here's like hey there's ongoing conflict and here's why and here's who your villain is and but it's not really it's more like here's why you should care about the end game no pun intended with avengers it's not that's not what i mean but um, the end game of the Marvel Avengers video game is, uh, in my opinion, it wasn't compelling enough to keep playing. So I there are extra cutscenes though. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, and there, I'm sure there are even some additional storyline threads from some, at least some uh, semi main characters. Yeah, that would be interesting to to see. But again, the structure they chose with this game is not one that I'm that yeah. that appeals to me for a Marvel's Avengers game. I, I don't know why. Just for me personally, I'm not interested in playing repetitive mission structure over and over and over again um, with that type of game. I don't know why. I'm just not. So anyway, it's a good game. It's not an amazing game. It won't win my game of the year. I can already promise you that. But it is a good game, especially if it's on sale. I would say if it's um, I'm going to say 30 bucks or less, it's a no brainer to get it. I think it's totally worth it. Um, But um, anyway, that's what I think. I think it's good. Um, what are you guys playing? Dan, you playing anything? Um, I mean, basically the same stuff from last week, a little bit more of Ori, um, Genshin Impact. I finally got to kind of like sit down and play for a, a prolonged session. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I still I still really like it a lot. I mean, again, considering it's free to play, there's definitely just a lot there to to appreciate and enjoy. Um just as long as like you're not like completely offended by all like the the gotcha stuff, like you know, all the like the micro uh micro transaction stuff and, and and them trying to yeah. you know make you roll for new characters and it's like oh you ran out of tokens maybe you should buy some more to-, like that kind of stuff like if you just like set that aside and you just don't worry about it and just play the game like you get stuff you get items you get new characters like it's still it's a fun free yeah, you know exactly it's like yeah that's the i don't know in my opinion that's kind of it comes with the territory so yeah if you're but, playing um, the base game for free it makes sense you'd have to pay for the extras so. yeah there's definitely things that and uh, obviously it's it, you know it's one of those games where it's persistent where they'll keep adding stuff to it and tweaking so like you know there are little things here and there that they do need to tweak but otherwise it's it's really fun so yeah nice. i'm still enjoying it derek you playing genshin impact at all actually i didn't i got uh caught up in the souls games again and that's pretty much all i've been playing i did want to go back to it because i i actually really enjoyed the little bit of i played of it i thought the world was stunning and the combat seemed like i said last week super cool and i've heard nothing but good things like just reading people's um posts and many of the facebook uh, gaming groups that i'm in a lot of people excuse me, praising the game and saying it's super fun and that it's not, like Dan said, it's not intrusive, so you could just basically play the single-player game if you want. That, to me, is super cool that you can do that. I don't know exactly how they're making money off that, if they're not being that intrusive. and But it might turn out being like one of those like Rocket League things. Don't get me wrong. Rocket League was paid by Sony to be free on the PS4 platform. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know, I can speak for not only myself but Tim too, because we loved Rocket League so much. Whatever content they put out, we were paying for it, and we felt like we should pay for it because we were like, we got so much out of this game. And I, I'm wondering if that's kind of what the developers were kind of going for here. Yes, they want you to buy right away, but I'm saying maybe they wanted to create a really really good game that wasn't super intrusive in hopes that people would feel that desire and it's natural but hey i feel like you've given me more than i've given you so i kind of want to make things even so i want to buy some stuff so um, maybe that's their goal maybe i'm reading into it too much because it's my personality but um anyways i do want to play it i am going to play it but I actually got sucked into the Souls game. I'll just talk to them about them real quick because I don't want to bore people. But um, Dark Souls, I just started the second playthrough. I actually just played it one day and I got you know really hooked on it that one day. Beat five bosses, didn't die to any of the bosses. Um, and I'm in New Game Plus, so I didn't start like a new game. I started New Game Plus. Um, so I had all my stuff from the original game. Uh, original playthrough and didn't go back to it and I think it's because I knew the next area I gotta go to it's not that I think it's gonna be hard it's just annoying like I really and I'm gonna talk about that with Demon Souls one of the things I cannot stand about Souls games are when the levels are just annoying and I'm not talking like oh you just die get over it I'm talking about like I feel like I just get lost 
plus they're difficult. So while you're dying, you then get lost because you're reset in an area you don't remember. And it's a struggle for me a lot of times. So that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing Dark Souls is because I was like, eh, don't, uh, don't want to even attempt to go back to that place. I probably will because I do actually want to beat the game again. But I was uh, not planning to do what I ended up doing, and that is jumping in the Demon Soul. So I've obviously talked about my hype for the PlayStation 5. Main reason I'm excited for the launch is not just new tech, but it is Demon Souls. That to me is a new game because I've never played it. But I uh, found my PS3. It was in the garage. I actually have two of them. And I was like, you know, what the heck? Why don't we hook it up and see if I own Demon Souls? Because I couldn't remember if I owned it. And sure enough, I did. So I downloaded it. And I've really jumped into it today. Like, I spent pretty much the entire day playing it. And okay. here's my thoughts on it. It plays really good as a PS3 game. So I can only imagine how great it's going to feel as a PS5 game. And I know they're making improvements to it. It feels really good. It even looks okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's got the PS3 look. It's got the jagged edges and stuff. We're so used to clear screens now and 4K and stuff like that. It's definitely not that. Um, my cri critique, and I don't think it's anything new from anybody that's played Demon Souls, is the levels are ridiculous. Like, the first one was fine. You know, I went through it, beat the first boss. Really not many problems, no frustrations. After that, like, you, there aren't any checkpoints. There aren't any, um, you know how you'll play a Souls game and you'll be like, oh, I just unlocked, like, a shortcut. Their shortcuts are not very short. So <laughs> when you go and fight a boss, if you die, you have a long trek, a long journey back. And that's annoying if you don't feel that confident going into a boss fight. And that's kind of what happened to me towards the end of my playthrough today is I ran into this boss who's very intimidating. He's actually in the trailer for um, Demon's Souls for the PlayStation 5. He's the big, intimidating tower knight. He's huge with his humongous shield. like So he's already very uh, intimidating when you first run into him. But to get to them, you have to cross an extremely long bridge that is guarded by a dragon that you... I'm sure there's some way you can kill him. I am unaware of it. And he only shows up basically to burn the bridge. And the yeah, you shoot him with a bunch of arrows. What's that? that you shoot him with a bunch of arrows. This, no, you don't remember that trick? That's Come Dark on, Souls. That's not Demon Souls. No, it's Demon Souls. The Red nah. Dragon, right? Well, I think you can kill him later on. I you don't need like I a bunch of arrows. Like I, I think I remember doing it. It took a long time, but like there's a, there's a, you perk yourself up, and like when he comes swinging down, like you just pelt him with arrows. It takes like a ridiculous amount of time, but yeah, it sounds think... so fun, you guys. You're winning everyone over with this fun, <laughs> fun, fun sounding game. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I'll I'll cut it off there. It's uh. It's it's very frustrating so far, like level yeah. design. So, but you can already kind of see what what they're going to do with the new one. It sounds like you can envision. Okay, visually they're going to upgrade it. 
it's going to control better. You can already well, kind of that was why I jumped into this because I was like, well, let's. You're hyping this game up because you love Dark Souls and all that stuff. What if this is annoying? Because I didn't really love Dark Souls two when I jumped back into it, and so Mike, I'm very curious to see if I know they're making subtle changes. So I'm going to wonder if they're going to make one of these changes where they're going to make it maybe a little bit easier on checkpoints and stuff like that. Maybe not. Again, I did beat the boss. I did figure out the pattern of the dragon. Was it still annoying? Yes. Was it possible to do? Yes. Could I do it again on the PS5? Yes. So maybe they don't make those changes. Maybe they just go, that's Demon Souls. Get over it. Because the bosses aren't actually that hard that I've faced so far. Granted, I'm not deep into the game. The levels are more annoying than the bosses. So, Which is we'll a, definitely a different take than the Dark Souls games. Like, So they, they took a different path. right? With yeah, the there's a lot of different dif- uh, differences in this game compared to Dark Souls. It actually has a lot of stuff from Bloodborne. Like even like the health system and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, that's take that Bloodborne took from this and Bloodborne took from that. So yeah. it's pretty cool to see that they did that. Like they made it Bloodborne totally different as far as like, you know, how you play, but they borrowed from a, an earlier, well, their mainly, their first main release. So. so it's interesting that you talk about how it can be fun to look back and see how they how developers get little pieces here and there from older games. I'm actually experiencing that too, as I, I grabbed a, there's a, a Capcom sale on the switch right now. Might be elsewhere too, where you can grab the street fighter 30th anniversary uh, for pretty cheap. I think it was like 10, 15 bucks, something like that. Um, it's normally, it was normally overpriced. I think I want to say it was like 40 or 50 when it released, which people are like, this is way too expensive. But anyway, it's essentially every street fighter game that released before street fighter four, and so everything all the way back to the original Street Fighter. But what's cool about it and what I think more anniversary and, and compilation titles should do is they have a full museum where you can go in and it'll actually give you a timeline and you can just kind of cycle through the timeline, look at the different games, see. And there's details about when they were, um, when things were developed, when they were released. It'll even have artwork that was originally written up for it, things like that, all that kind of stuff. It's actually an interesting anniversary collection which is cool and then you can play each of the games uh listen the original street fighter game does not hold up well it is a bad game um it's amazing to see the jump that they took from street fighter to street fighter 2 it might be in video game history it might be one of the best improvements from original to sequel ever um it's really amazing and in the original you pick uh ryu or ryu to fight and then you the first guy you fight off against is joe He's just some blonde American dude. And then the next guy you fight off fight against is Mike. And he's a another American dude. Just what like, a racist this is, game. This is so bad. <laughs> um, and then of course in Street Fighter 2, they now have more interesting characters. Everyone from Chun Li and Ken and Dalzim and E Honda. And it's just it becomes way more interesting. That Netflix special, um, I'm blanking out what it's called. It's the one about video games. High score. Um, Thank you, High Score. There's an episode where they dig into some some of the Street Fighter details. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it's almost um, like they were com- two completely different series. Like if you put them side oh, by side, yeah. you're like, is this is this a dead fighting series? Like just the one? Yep. It's like no, this is the first one of Street Fighter. 
And it really was all about bringing in the right, not just developers, but artists. They brought in the right artists to, to create really interesting characters. And that's what made Street Fighter what it is today. So anyway, as a big fan of Street Fighter 2 Turbo, especially that was my introduction to fighting games as a kid. Um, that one to me still holds up and is a blast, but it's fun to play the alpha games as well. And street fighter three and, you know, some of these other ones are really interesting to, to try out too. So I like it. I'm enjoying it. The other throwback game I'm playing is now free. If you're a Nintendo switch online subscriber and that's super Mario bros 35. And so you can jump in there and play very Tetris 99 battle style where it's you and 34 others making your way through the original super Mario brothers game. The way it works is, um, Basically, you have a timer to get through different sections, and it, it, it's just seamless. As soon as you finish World One One, you continue, like you continue to World One Two, and keep going. Um, you're not waiting for everybody else. So the idea is, you get as far as you can. Don't let the time run out, or you're dead. And and kill as many enemies, and collect as many coins and special um, items as you can, because that will send um, enemies and um, all other kinds of hazards to the other other players. And similar to Tetris, you can target folks who are farthest ahead or have the most coins or at random. Um, and the idea is to be the last person standing. Um, so it's pretty fun. It's not easy. I've never been amazing at the old Mario game. Um, I, I was much better at Super Mario World. I think it just controls better, and that's just what I was used to. But I still think it's fun. I had my boys download it too, and we were all trying it. So yeah. it's pretty fun, and it's free. So why not? For a limited um, time. Make sure not for to, a limited time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, by the way, do you think the limited time means it will totally go away or it will stop being free? What I mean, do you think? Maybe go. I mean, with what Nintendo usually does, I, I see them taking it away and then bringing it back at some point. But I mean, I don't know. That, that, I mean, why it not just, just make silly it completely? Make it Super Mario 36 next year. You know, I don't know. I don't know why it has to <laughs> just, just, keep, just keep going up every year. Just add yeah, another just Mario. Keep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. So those are the things I've been playing. I did focus in to finish up Marvel's Avengers. I, I want to make sure, I mean, it's crazy that we're now in October and I want to make sure that I have most of the um, essential games, at least uh, I played enough of them to talk about them for game of the year, but also where, where I can, I want to wrap them up. I want to finish them. So finished up Avengers. Um, I just think it's going to be crazy for us to try to wrap up all the November games. It's going to be it's going to be difficult. We'll see yeah. if it's actually doable to wrap those up with any, any amount of uh, speed, but all right. So that's all I'm playing. Anything else you guys want to mention before we talk about uh, our main topic? Any other games? Um, not games, but I, um, I actually got Renee to watch uh, my hero academia with me. We actually watched it dubbed. So in English um, seasons one through four, um, she's not really into anime, but I was just like, hey, let's, you know, I'm super into this one. Like, do you want to watch it? And she's like, sure. Um, and she actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, she really liked it. She likes, um, she had like some favorite characters. She, she doesn't understand the the archetype of Bakugo, who's kind of like the Vegeta of My Hero Academia. Oh. She's like, why is this okay. guy always angry and just <laughs> shouting die at people? Like, I don't understand. I'm like, listen, it's just, there's a lot going on there. It's, you know, he's a Dude, complex poor, character. <laughs> poor Vegeta. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah I just, Dude, I thought. Anytime you can win over your significant other to watch something that you're really into and maybe that's not their thing. I think that's a win. Yeah. Like when she was in high school, she said she really liked drawing like anime characters, um, oh, but okay. she never really watched anime. So like, it was a couple of weeks, uh, like a two, three weeks ago, actually, when we had started, um and yeah she she really liked it but now um 
now we're just obviously waiting for the next season, which isn't going to air until next year because of the stupid pandemic. So. But, now, uh, uh, Derek asked us this before the show, and to be clear to everyone listening, yeah, we just none of us have played the most recent releases, the biggest ones, I think, being Crash Bandicoot and Star Wars Squadron. Um, and that's not because I don't think those games look good. They're both reviewing, I think, pretty well, and I do want to play them both. I just haven't yet. So we're not purposefully ignoring those. We just, none of us have, have prioritized, you know, buying Okay, those. I'm ignoring those. I don't care. <laughs> Derek is ignoring them. Thank you for uh, your honesty. Got it. I mean, you're never uh, honest, so thank you for your honesty. Like, finally, Tim and I have been doing podcasting for what, like, three years now. Dude, Longer we're, we're coming up. We're wrapping up our fifth year, I think. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say that him and I have consistently, um. Always, like when there's major releases, one of us is always playing it or bought it. Right. And this is probably one of the first times where there's, you know, multiple games coming out, not just one, like multiple games coming out and neither. And honestly, I thought Tim would actually buy Squadrons because he is really into Star Wars. I probably will. That's the thing. I honestly kind of forgot about it. So I did just start a new job recently and, and, I, I kind of just lost track. All of a sudden, it's October, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, what games are coming out?" So you guys telling me before the show, I, no, I think it's a f- fully released. I kind of didn't even compute that. So um, you're right. I'll probably go buy it tonight. Honestly, when we're done recording, <laughs> or at least read reviews first to see if it's any good. I'll read reviews first. I'll read reviews I think first. That that's the thing about it. Like even I became kind of interested because I'm not into like pilot games really, but it's reviewing decent and it's reviewing decent, I think on the story side too. So like the actual campaign is actually quality and it's like eight hours long, which I wasn't expecting because the game is only 40, but you can, you know, on PC you can get it cheaper. Like, like for instance, if Tim decides he wants to buy it on PC, he could actually buy it off Epic store for 30 because he should have a $10 coupon. If he adds rocket league to his account. I actually am going to get on PC because one thing I do know about it is that I've heard the visuals. There's actually a noticeable difference uh, on the current gen consoles compared to PC and what we all assume will be the next gen version of this, which I think they'll put out uh, on the, on the new systems. Yeah. I'd be shocked if EA didn't put out, isn't it EA that did this one? Um, I'd be shocked if they didn't put out a PS five and, and series X version, but um, yeah. Yeah. And um, by the way, and this is a little shout out to our friend Gaston. Listen, we're not trying to purposefully leave out yes, Crash yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just none of us have ever been, none of us grew up as massive fans of that series. But I will, I have to acknowledge, I have put it in the headlines, but I'll just acknowledge it now. This is getting reviewed very positively. So, yes. Um, and fans of the series, I know Gaston's one of them, are thrilled with their experience with the game, which is awesome. Congratulations so, to your good game and your uh, happy Crash boner there, Gaston. <laughs> exactly yeah enjoy it uh but see a doctor if it lasts for more than four hours yeah absolutely all right so... i do appreciate his enthusiasm it reminds me and i don't know how old he is i know he's you know like probably early 20s but like that was how he is with crash was how i was with mortal Kombat. like i would literally talk everybody's ears off like hey, i'm so excited about mortal Kombat 3 this is what's gonna be in it blah blah and i would just sit there and do all this research and i would you know, we didn't have the internet like we do now. Like you didn't get 
you had to wait for magazines and stuff like that. And that's how it was. Like I was waiting for magazines. I was reading every article and I would go to like the bookstores instead of just looking at playboys. I would actually look at like gaming magazines to see if I could find more information out on mortal Kombat. Well, I'm that way. I with do Final appreciate Fantasy, his enthusiasm. What a guy. Hmm. Um, yeah, I do too. Actually, I do. I think he, him being such a big fan of it, like, yeah, sure, it could be one of those things where I was like, yeah, I guess Don's the Crash guy. But honestly, those are the kind of fans that can win others over to a franchise that maybe they wouldn't have considered it. So, more power to him. So, does that mean you want to get a PS5 to play Demon Souls? Have I converted you yet? Uh, I I want to say something snarky and mean back to you, but the way you talk about the Souls games legitimately always makes me interested in trying. Like maybe I'll try it again. Like maybe I'll dive in. <laughs> like you do make me interested in the Souls games when you talk about them. But um, I do want to get a PS5. That's we'll we'll get to that with our main topic here. Um, first, I'm going to uh, the Epic Store to make sure I can buy this game here. Okay. Um. All right, so let's talk about pre-orders. So I listen. I, I do want a PS5. I don't see the need in my current setup with the PC that I have now, which I realize everyone's in a different spot. Some folks are just going to get consoles. Series X is probably a great series S even probably the, one of the smarter routes to go for a lot of folks because they can use game pass and they'll have access to all the big third party games. And of course now they'll have confirmed access to everything from all the Zenimax studios. So series S is a great value, but for me personally, I don't really see the value in that one. So I really do want a PS5. My PS4 is still the old original version. I got it like a year after it released. So it's still part of the that you know old OG wave. I never got a pro. And so I would love to upgrade. And, um, and I don't want to miss out on the exciting PS5 stuff that will inevitably drop probably early even in 2021. But I can't get one because pre-orders are a hot mess. Um, and I understand that this is historically the way it is with console launches. Pre-orders can be tough. It can always be tough to find one. And when a console is a hot item, especially during that holiday season, it can be tough to find them. But I feel like, and you guys can totally correct me if I'm wrong. And Dan, I know you've got some thoughts on this pre-order thing. I want to hear your thoughts. But I feel like there's a better way to do this, to, to do the whole process. Now, the problem is I don't know what that better way is. So my gut tells me, <laughs> There's a better way to do this. But then as I think it through, I'm like, all right, but I don't really know what that is. Like, I, I, There's limitations to what you can do online. You can't necessarily prevent every type of bot user. Like, There's all kinds of workarounds that the sneaky people out in the old internet world can work around. So hmm. my question for you guys is a couple of things. Like what, what has been your experience with it this year? Is it different than previous ones? Or maybe it's just been so long. It's been seven years since you know, a couple major consoles launched. The Switch didn't have this issue. And it was also the only one. It was in the spring, so it was just a little different. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, what do you guys think? Is it different than most console launches? And is there a way to fix it? Is there a way around it? So maybe you've got answers to that, Dan, but also maybe you just need to get some things off your chest. I don't know. Yeah. the uh, I think for sure, I think for sure the pandemic added a a, a twist to the situation. Um, but still overall, the situation was kind of bullshit. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really was. And technology is getting better. So now like now we're getting bots involved. I don't know if that was a thing with last, with the beginning of this current gen. Um, maybe it was, but it wasn't was. as prominent. 
What was that? Either that or I just didn't really I, – I can't remember, but I don't yeah. really think online pre-ordering was really a thing. I know I definitely ordered – I pre-ordered both an Xbox and um, and a PS4 in store. I yeah. know I could not pre-order at GameStop.com. Now, I don't know if other outlets like Best Buy and stuff like that were doing online orders, but I know it wasn't like how it is currently. Yeah, with the PlayStation 4, I literally I remember I walked into the store. It wasn't it wasn't right when they opened. There wasn't a line. I walked into the store. I think it was the first day that pre-orders were allowed, but it wasn't right when it opened. I walked in, I pre-ordered it. I was all set. This time I was racing across town <laughs> to be tw- from one town to another, trying to go from one store to the other, and I didn't make it. And then I had to go online. And my wife was like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll put it on a credit card. Like, and I was like, I really don't want to do that. I wanted to reserve it in the store. So I, I only have to put a minimum down and then I can pay in increments because I just kind of like doing it that way. That way, when I pick it up, I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm almost paying less for it, even though I know I'm not. But, you know, that, that's yeah, why I, I like that reserving. It's a more responsible way to do it. I yeah, but that's why I like reserving at GameStop. And I've never understood. I've never understood the hate for it because it's like... It's not like they're just keeping your money. You can ask for the money back. Like, I don't get the beef with it. Like, just put the game on hold if you want it. And then if you change your mind, get the money back. Like, I don't, I legitimately have never understood people whining and complaining about reserving things at GameStop. Um, it's just, it's, it's other more, than just it has less to do with you reserving it. It's more you uh, supporting, like, a game before we know if it's good or not that type of stuff that's and fine then you go back to the store and you're like i don't want this game i want my money back they give yeah, you your money they back. they don't understand that but anyways um i think yeah i think the i think the pandemic has made it so the retail stores are getting less um quantity of the consoles i I think they were holding off for the websites to have more of them i think that's really what the main thing was Hmm. because i mean the numbers that you know i've seen online like they seem pretty small and i honestly don't remember what the numbers were back when ps4 and xbox one came out but i feel like definitely they weren't on that too yeah i don't i don't think it was you know the, the as low as it is right um for this release this generation coming out so right, right. but i, I mean i'll wrong. be honest with you i most generations of new consoles i don't buy day one like i just historically i rarely buy yeah consoles on day ps4 one. was the first time i ever did that so uh the n64 i did um i was a nintendo boy back in the day and i had saved up I had got, I, you know, I still subscribed to Nintendo Power, so I was counting on the days till it released. And I still remember it was a soccer game. It was after a soccer game. My parents took me to the store to go get it. Nice. Got, you know, got that, got Wave Race, got Mario 64. That's a good just, day. That's a good oh, day. Oh, it was just the best day. It was so <laughs> fun. And it was, uh, I forget what day of the week it was, but I remember I had no school the next day for whatever reason. Oh, so that's even just, better. Come on. I was just up all night. It was just beautiful. But that's the only time I can remember getting any console the day it released i think the exception was three years ago i grabbed a switch on that night Mm -hmm. but i I don't feel like i've ever been those are both nintendo systems and those were both they they feel a little one-off little unique they weren't released right beside their competitors i don't think 
And so um, I've never experienced this where I'm in the rush for the big holiday releases of either a Sony or a Microsoft console. So this is new for me where I went ahead and tried to snag when I talked about this last week, couldn't get it. And it felt, it all felt very disingenuous and fake where like, I feel like from Sony and Microsoft, it's, we're going to make plenty. Everyone has access to them. Like, no, we don't. So (laughs) something's happening where there's just not nearly enough available. And again, is that on the retailers and the websites and, and technology just needs to catch up and figure out a way to prevent real users from getting locked out by bots? Maybe, or is it the you know the way that it rolls out needs to be a little more direct? Like sign up with this email and you get a direct link in your email. Stop yeah. making it some random queue on a website that everyone has to keep hitting I, refresh. I think there almost sort of needs to be. And yeah, I mean, people would complain, be like, oh, there's so many like walls that I have to go through. It's like, but you just deal, you have to deal with it because otherwise then you're dealing with this archaic nonsense. There needs to be like almost like the two-step validation like yeah. email and um and, and phone like text and phone number, number or code. actually yeah. even even um your PSN name or your Xbox name that's yeah that's what i was thinking and i know this is going to sound like a really high price of admission so i get it maybe this wouldn't be smart um i do think allowing folks who already have active accounts on your current consoles giving them a window of time. Like you're going to receive an email with a direct link that's unique to you where you can reserve yours and you have whatever, 48 hours to do it. Otherwise it's going to open up to the full public. Yeah. Something like that where you're existing and active customers, you know, if you've logged into your Xbox live or PlayStation account in the last, whatever time frame they want to go, go with last 30 days, then you'll receive that email and get a shot at, reserving a uh, a system or even and, or even it could be something right in your system that pops up like some sort of message or something you, yeah you click on that right like say you it pops up you click on it it activates sending the email to you to right. you specifically like there yep. there needs to be there needs to be a multi-step like you know, going through security, freaking, you know, taking off your shoes like you do at the freaking airport. Like, I don't care. Like, give me 10 steps that I have to like. Well, the, the, the thing that I think that does is that weeds out the people who have literally thousands of bots that are yeah. just nonstop ref- doing refresh and they're pinging the site and it's got these scripts written to automatically add to cart and run through the purchase process in a yeah. matter of, of seconds. And that's just completely unfair to actual humans. And so if you force it to be a thing where you have need to have an active paid account to get early pre-order access, I think that is the way they should go. Because then if you want your bots to do that, you have to actually have paid accounts for all those bots. Yeah. And then it becomes a much riskier if, proposition. If, if it's a situation where every console generation from here on out, most of the quantities are going to go to the websites, then there mm-hmm. needs to be and I'm sorry, I, I, maybe it's annoying to the average person, but there needs to be a multi-step like kind of security the process to get the link to you specifically. You're clicking on it, and and then you're you're purchasing potentially purchasing you know the console, whatever it is. One hundred percent agree. Yep. So I said this like in I don't know if I said it on the show, so I didn't want to repeat myself, but I know I posted in the group, and that is I basically said that they needed to start the process of pre-orders six to eight months before launch. And they need to do what Tim and Dan are talking about, and that is they need to start with your current gamers right now. I know that's a big pool, but you basically 
you have those little sign-up things, give us your email and we'll notify you. Well, instead of doing that bullcrap, which all that was is for them to figure out how many people are interested and weren't going to actually notify us in time so we could actually get the, the pre-order or anything like that. But basically what they need to do is set up those lists and then they need to start that process six to eight months before a, a console launch. So yes, that means you are revealing details about the console ahead of time, which I know they hate to do because they think they take takes away from the hype. But the bottom line is you need to give access to the people that are already sold. We need to stop acting like you're trying to sell us on, on, on something. If anything, exactly. all of us are already sold. The only thing that would stop us from buying it is if you actually gave us a reason not to buy it yes. or you didn't have yes. stock. So if you don't... Well, they could even look to see your purchase history. Like, hey, if you are actually an active purchaser of our games on our platform, yeah. then it's in our best interest to make sure you have the next upgraded version of that platform so you keep shopping with us. It doesn't make sense to me to open it up to the public where you're going to get the one person who buys Madden and Call of Duty and then lets it get dusty on the shelf because they just want like that person just happens to get through on the website first. I think that's silly. Also, I think it's silly to just enable these eBay sellers to scam it so easily. It's way too easy. It's way too easy. And I mean, I don't know the numbers on it. I do see a lot of people on Facebook marketplace trying to charge, you know, for a $400 console, they're trying to get, you know, anywhere from 800 to 1100, but I see a lot of them marking the prices down. So if that's accurate, uh, that means people are not interested in buying from these. Clearly, they're yeah. scammers, or at least they're holding off for right now. As we get closer, if we don't get pre-orders, people will get more desperate. I mean, right now, and I've said this every time because I don't trust online orders and I don't trust GameStop with online orders, I do have a bundle pre-order for the PS5. I think I'm going to be okay on that one. I feel a little bit better about it since it hasn't been canceled, you know, already. But I am disappointed about not having an opportunity for the Xbox Series X. I have on my phone one page, always up, that I refresh multiple times a day. And it's the bundles page for GameStop because that's where I have my trade-in credit. And I'm hoping that at some point they're going to be like, oh, we've got some $800 bundles that you can buy from us. And I will buy one of those bundles. But <laughs> it, it, it is disheartening that you have all these gamers that, that want these consoles. And because you've started it so late and you, like we've said, opened it to everybody instead of doing it in layers and going, okay, let's right. get rewarding your loyal fan base, exactly. your customer base. Already. Loyal gamers in for yep. see if they're interested. If they're not, it's an easy way to lose customers, man. Like if you're, if you're a diehard Xbox person and you're just, you've always been on that platform. Um, but then all of a sudden now you can't get access to one. What's to stop you from if all of a sudden, for some reason, I know that's not going to happen, but you have access to get a PlayStation five for some reason then this is the time you're going to make the switch because Microsoft hasn't, they don't really seem to care whether or not you get an upgrade. Well, same I mean, with Sony on the other side. It goes, it goes both ways, by the way. Well, here's but, a good, this, even me would be a good example. Cause if I don't get an Xbox in my hands, okay, let's say I don't, 
uh, then that means I'm only getting a PS5. Where do you think I'm going to buy my third-party games? Exactly. If, if they're better or equivalent to the PC I have right now, because I wasn't yep. able to upgrade my PC either. Um, then I'm going to buy PlayStation. I'm going to buy all my third-party games on PlayStation, which means Xbox just not only lost a console sale, but they now also lost Cyberpunk, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, all these games that I would have bought on Series X, or at least yep. considered buying on Series X. So, And I'm just one example. There's several people out there, I'm sure, that have only gotten their hands on either one or none, and it's going to discourage them from wanting to buy uh some of these games that maybe they would have locked in you know like oh i would have bought this if i would have gotten this console well and also i think there's a good argument to be made for i think there's a lot of people who are in the same shoes that i'm in that is you know there's not a killer app that's telling me i have to upgrade this fall but if an opportunity is there i probably would go ahead and buy one i'd go ahead and trade in and and upgrade i would do that that's how i felt about the ps5 which is why i went ahead and gave it a shot um two weeks ago to, to wait in line. Of course it didn't work out for me and that's fine. Um, but Sony, in, in my opinion, it should be in their best interest to, especially the people who are not only your loyal fan base, but for folks who are on the fence who are kind of like, yeah, if I get a shot, I'll buy one. But if not, I don't need one. I'm fine. Like, don't you want to win those folks over? Like why, why would you open it up to this mad crowd and of bots and humans when you could get those people who are on the fence, uh, I, I don't understand. I just don't. I guess I just don't get the so, the thought process. Just for a little bit of context for the PS4, and uh, I'm guessing Xbox um, Xbox One was also around the same time, uh, mid August 2013. So for about four months um, prior to the system releasing is when they gave all the information, the release date, the price, pre orders. Um, so that was really just an extra month. As opposed to what was it? Late I thought September? no, we got we got pricing and dates at E3 from Sony. I mean, maybe so. Maybe the pricing was released prior. I don't know. This article I found it says Sony first revealed the PS4 release date, official price, and pre-order window back in mid-August 2013. You know, maybe they did the pre-order then. But yeah, I remember yeah. at E3 they at least released the price because that was a big mic drop yeah. moment for them. I mean, either way, that's in my head. I for some reason thought it was even earlier, but I guess it was only one extra month, so the pandemic didn't push it that far. Um, that further into the year. But um, I think definitely with the factories not being open uh, for a certain amount of time, uh, hurt the amount of quantity, the quantity wise, the amount that they could make probably for both of them. I I know a lot of the warehouses, the the manufacturing warehouses for PlayStation were in China. So, but the thing is, I don't, so there's two pieces there. One, I actually don't think the pandemic affected this as much as they want us to to believe or others would want us to believe. And here's why I think the manufacturing for these doesn't get heavily underway until as close to release as possible because they're mm-hmm. still fine tuning the machines. Right. So I, I don't think that manufacturing started like in June and then had to stop. So well, this started back in like March though. The manufacturing of the consoles did? No, no, no. I'm saying the pandemic. And and most of the, a lot of the factories, I think, for PlayStation anyways, are in China, which is but what I'm this... saying is I don't think they were building the PS5s in mass. Like, let's just, let's just say that COVID didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And 2020 was a normal year. Do you think they would have been manufacturing these between March and August? I mean, maybe. I don't think so, though. I don't think I, they were on the assembly line yet. 
I honestly don't know enough about that, uh, the timeline of when they start making it. Maybe, I, I really maybe don't. Components of them I want to throw this out there because since you're comparing like 2013 to 2020, and I haven't heard any of us say this, and I think this plays a huge factor. I think it's a bigger factor than COVID for sure. And that is while gaming was huge in 2013, it's way more popular in 2020. That's it. It is. Yeah. The point is, is there are a ton of people that back in 2013 that were either not gaming or they never considered buying a console day one. Now in 2020, you've got a whole bunch of gamers. Gamers are, uh, uh, it's blown up even more. You can just look at sales numbers to verify that on anything, consoles, games, or anything. And then on top of that, you have, um, you have more gamers and then you have um, you have different ways of buying these consoles now with online like we were talking earlier. Online is more preferred today than back in 2013. So when you when you consider all of these variables, all these things that have changed compared to 2013, I wouldn't say these guys, and I say these guys meaning Sony and, and Xbox or PlayStation and Xbox, they did not a- adapt and neither did retailers. I, I, I said it in my post, this falls on the shoulders of not only Microsoft and Sony, but also on retailers. They didn't handle this the way it should have been handled. They no. should have started this a long time ago. They should have set a system in. If you're going to do it mainly online, I understand you can pre-order in store, but the reality is stores aren't getting as much, and people don't have as much time. Like for me, seven years ago, I lived at GameStop. Like even when I went to work, I would take my lunches and breaks and stuff, and I would go to GameStop all the time. I was buddies with everybody. Everybody knew who I was. I lived there. They I all hated you, by the way. Huh? <laughs> They all hated you over there. Yes. I can't do that. It's not even possible. I would have to buy my console, especially with how fast you have to buy it. I would have to buy it online. And I don't have the time to go to a store, and I don't have the ability to buy it online because you have bots and other people invading. I really feel like I got lucky with the PS5. I wasn't even aware that the ps5s were even available i just well, clicked on i had just so happened to click on like uh gamestop and saw like that it was active and then i went straight for a bundle because my brain went and i wish i would have done this with xbox too my brain went everybody's gonna try to buy the lower cost like standard systems yeah my best chance of doing this because I thought at this point I was kind of late because again, I wasn't on top of it um, is I have to put a bundle in my cart. So I grabbed the bundle that I thought, you know, I didn't even take a long look that I was like, I want that. I want that. Boom. I threw it in there. And then that's when I went and bought it and succeeded with Xbox. I actually tried to get a $500 series X or a series S when the X failed. Um, and it, it was, everything was sold out, even the bundles, but, and I was on top of Xbox, meaning I was in the GameStop queue three or four hours before they were supposed to, um, 
open it up for order. That is so ridiculous that you were in a queue for that many hours and didn't get one. And this is why this whole thing is broken. Buy one because this is so broken. It was stupid. It was broken. The website kicked me out. I didn't even refresh. I followed all the rules, so you're not dealing with a dumbass. It told you once it went into like the queue and said, "Hey, you are in the queue to get an Xbox Series X." Blah blah blah. Please do not refresh. If you refresh, you will lose your place in line. So I didn't refresh. And right when it hit eleven o'clock, when they opened it up. It refreshed on its own and booted me to the regular website. See, this is why I really don't think that live purchases on an e-com site is the way pre-orders should work. If the demand is this high, it needs to be all driven by personalized links through emails. So even if I – let's say I'm GameStop. Let's say on my website it's like, hey, starting at midnight tonight, you can enter your email into our system and we'll notify you within 24 hours – if there's a pre-order available to you, but make sure you act fast. You know, that link is only going to last for whatever, 12 hours before you have to send it to someone else. And that just, it it takes a longer amount of time, right? It might be a two or three week period till they get all of their pre-orders accounted for, but there's no website crashing. It's just an email process. And if you don't do it, if you don't do it within your given amount of time, too bad for you. You should have checked your email and it goes to the next person and you're out of luck. And I would say, to me, that's fair, and it, it no longer is this big. Cr- I mean, it's like we're inviting a mob mentality online, and it's so stupid. Why, I why do we do it this 100% way? The way it should be done, and I actually think our ideas are very valid. Like, you know how you'll hear crazy people like saying, "This is dumb. It's broken. They should be doing this," and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's not even realistic. Like, you're stupid." <laughs> I don't think anything we're saying tonight, or you know, while we're recording is unrealistic. It's all realistic. It all can be done. The only thing I would counter with what you said, and I'm speaking on GameStop specifically here, because I know how they do business. I think they like this bull crap that happens because they're the things sold. Like to sell bundles. So they always put more emphasis on their bundles. That's why I didn't think my, that's why I don't think my PS5 will get canceled. Well, that bodes well for me then, because I had to do a bundle as well. So exactly. Well, again, it can the same thing applies where it's like, hey, we are out of our standards, but if if you want a bundle, here's the link to go get your bundle. Like same yeah, thing. That's the thing. Unless uh, Sony or Microsoft or somebody forces them to be transparent. Let's say, uh, let's just use an example. Let's say Sony comes to GameStop Corp and says, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you two million online orders." 2 million online PlayStations, and then we're going to give out a million throughout your stores. You divvy it up, blah, 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 right? So they know they're getting 3 million. Now let's just focus on the online. Of that 2 million, if they know that their stock is limited and people are going to want to buy this and it's going to sell out, why wouldn't they just go, okay, 200 are standard, 200 are digital, and then the rest are (laughs) all bundles. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's but they could have done that anyway they could have done that regardless i think they did i really do i think they had it it's i think they did a very very limited amount of all the others and then forced you to buy a bundle well because i mean they would need all that extra stuff though but some of the bundles like for, for i actually thought the playstation bundles were legit good they were decent yeah the xbox one only one was decent the others were like 
ridiculous. Like one of them. Here's had, a here's a traveling case. <laughs> like one of them forced you to buy an Elite Series controller, which is a hundred and eighty dollar controller. Jesus. So the bundle was over nine hundred dollars <laughs> for a five hundred dollar system. They tacked on four hundred dollars worth of stuff. Now everything Jesus. you bought was at cost, meaning like they didn't overcharge you. But you're not but getting a deal. They forced you to spend over four hundred dollars yeah. on stuff. But then again, people are going to be paying that on eBay just for the system. So it's like, well, eh. also GameStop is kind of dying, so they need the money. <laughs> well, yeah, but they were doing this seven years ago. This sure. is what they but, always do. They always uh, buy. They always sell in bundles. But anyways, I was just using them as an example. That yes, there are tactics we could they would do, but there would have to be force transparency that. Hey, you guys can create bundles, like maybe even go all sites wide and go, hey, Best Buy, GameStop, you guys can create bundles, but you're only allowed to do 200,000 of the standard PS5s with a bundle, 200,000 with the digital, and then the rest must be standalone, like where they can buy it on their own. Because if but you why does Sony care? Like I don't think they would care. They about don't that. care, but well, they should care because it's well, they're selling software and and accessories, so Sony's fine with it. Yeah, I know, I understand that. I'm just saying yeah. you don't also want to piss off the customers because if you are getting to a place where bundles are all we can buy, I'm not saying we're going to realize it now. Now we're fine, but next generation launch, if there is another one, you're going to see consumers calling this out, calling this BS, and saying all we can buy is. It's bundles. This is unacceptable. Blah blah blah. Like we just want to buy the console. So there's a lot of like shifting things, and that's what happened in this case. There was a lot of shifting variables that either they didn't care about, which is definitely a possibility, or they didn't account for, and it's caused this whole situation to be a complete mess. It is completely disappointing. I'm not encouraged by what Xbox said. Like their pre-orders went, in my opinion, faster than Sony's. They were worse. So I know there's been a but couple how of much of that was because of Sony's being so crazy? Then people were more anxious than usual. I just wonder if if let's just what if what if Microsoft had had pre-orders first? Would they have been that bad? Do you think? Well, I think Microsoft actually screwed it up more for two reasons. I'm going to give you two reasons. One, I think they had lower stock. And two, I also think it's because they allowed everybody who is buying a, buying it with a bot to plan ahead. They knew exactly when it was coming out. It was There was no surprise. They were like, oh, what, what day was it on? A Thursday, I think, or whatever? At 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? Everybody knew. So right. the bots were able to schedule their bots and, and set them all up so they could easy purchase. And, and crash websites. So, and same thing with the RTX 3080. Everybody knew the day as it got closer. And as far as timing, they they gave less timing, but they still gave enough timing for you to set things up. But yeah, Microsoft was the worst to me because they gave you, I think they gave what, a two-week notice for everybody to set yeah. it up. And I know people were opposite. They were mad at PlayStation because they're like, you didn't give us, you know, you gave us like a 12-hour warning. Uh, that was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But that actual, that that smaller window and then all those stores like Walmart and stuff breaking it even more and going, oh, we're available now. 
that kind of probably caught some of the bots off guard. That might have been why I was able to get a PS5. I mean, yeah, it caught them off guard, but it pissed off everybody. (laughs) It did. Even though I know people were far less pissed off at Xbox, I'm saying, and I'm not just blaming Xbox, I'm saying their strategy actually ended up, in my opinion, being worse because You're right. Let everybody know. So they well, yeah, because then then those all those who are programming those bots and writing those scripts could have it all set to fire at a certain time, as opposed to just always searching for when it's live and do it on multiple sites. So if like right, if if I was gonna set up a bot, right, or that was my plan, but I didn't know exactly when, I'm not gonna have the time to set up twelve or thirteen bots on multiple sites. And again, I don't know exactly. how bots work. But I imagine you have to set it up per site. Um, yeah. So Xbox. Okay. So this is people. This is why. This is why I want to go back to the. I think the way to fix it, in my opinion, and Dan, I'm curious if you think this would work too. I think the the main console manufacturers, the the Sony and Microsofts and Nintendos of the world, you need to figure out a way to offer this to your current subscriber and customer base somehow. Maybe it's your current live. Game Pass, PlayStation uh, Plus, whatever. Whatever those subscribers are, Nintendo Switch Online, you figure out a way to offer it to them first. Give them first dibs because that's your customer base. You want them to upgrade, right? They're going to be your yeah. main... And I don't know why you wouldn't want them to upgrade. So you do that first. And then I think it's, uh, in my opinion, it's fair for them to hand it over to the retailers at that point, to, to Derek's point. Like, here's your allocation of units um, for the rest of the retailers that are out there. I, I think that by itself would have made life so much easier for your standard gamer who's ready to upgrade and excited for this fall. If they would have handled it that way. And the reason I think that'd be better, not only would it be cleaner, clearer, easier, you don't have to put all these PR tweets out and we're sorry, we need to be better, whatever else. You actually are addressing your main customer base first and then you can open up to the public, to anyone who's out there who just randomly decides they want to grab one but I don't think your bottom line's affected. Like, and I've seen people make a, a financial argument for it's better because it creates momentum and craziness and, and uh, desperation for the systems. And I don't see how that helps. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing the business piece of this, but I don't see how that helps the it, bottom line. Especially right now with how everything is. Like, People don't want to be stressed out about video games. Video games have been very helpful this year with de-stressing. So right. <laughs> let's not add more stress. Unless with... you play Demon Souls or Dark Souls. So sure, exactly. De-stressing. Exactly. So I think I think that's the way to do it. I think it's customer friendly. Um, I think your bottom line is still the same. You still can. It's not about moving more or less units. Like it's st- you'd still move every unit you can possibly produce is going to be sold. So to me, that doesn't make a difference. And then, so you do that first, maybe you even give a month for your current customers to have a chance to get access to theirs. And you do that in August, let's say. (laughs) And then in September, you open it up to the wider public. Um, So, you know, first come first serve to retailers. um, With uh, maybe this is not totally carries over the same, but uh, the Disney cruise line, so you can basically um, sign up for sort of being part of a, a club, like a silver tier and a gold mm-hmm. tier. Like however many um, times you go on their cruise ship, each time you go on counts as like almost like a point. And you accrue the points and then you exactly. kind of level up your, yep. your membership thing. So um, yep. I think even almost something like that where like 
essentially the people that are at the highest tier of that that Disney cruise membership get access to buying the tickets for the next cruise before anybody else and then it goes down to the next level and then down to the next level yep. and then general public so well also I, think about who are the people most likely to buy overpriced systems from scammers on eBay and Craigslist, whatever else it's, it's your, it's people who lost out. They just were unlucky. They couldn't get through on online or they yeah. were last in line to get to the store. But those are, a lot of them are going to be your fan base. So if to me, it's one of the smartest strategies to get rid of these scammers who are spending all this time and energy and money to set up bots but you're getting rid of demand. So then they're less likely to do yeah. that because now you've already gotten the consoles right in the hands of people who want them the most. So if you get rid of demand, then you get those people who are misbehaving and being jerks. You give them less reason to go out and do that stuff. Yeah. So, you need to, we need to create this new system where eventually everyone just learns to be patient. There will be impatient people at first, but hopefully as you know, the, the process gets more fine-tuned, you become more patient, but there needs to be multiple gates that you have to go through. I, I, to, to I just feel like it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And also with the stores, um, mm -hmm. there needs to be consequences, all right? So Walmart needs to be fined. <laughs> like uh, they were just like, early. oh, uh, yeah, no, right now, reserve. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. then And then it was like domino effect. All the other stores are like, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 pre-order. And it's like, no, Sony said this time. Because, like, I walked into the store to freaking trade something towards Mario 3D whatever collection. And, and they were like, you know, oh, uh, did you get your pre-order? Are you here to pre-order? I was like, what are you talking about? That was tomorrow. So, like, uh, that happened to thousands of people, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. So, yep. yep. Yeah. I agree. And uh, now both of these companies, I mean, sure, again, the bottom line, like, the, the number of units you're going to sell doesn't change. But I think your reputation and your general customer satisfaction has taken a huge hit because in 2020, we still can't figure out how to do a better job on the internet. And it's a bummer. It's a big bummer. I, a bummer. You've got access to every single active customer in your database, more than you've ever had before, more than you had for PS3 and Xbox 360 even. You've got access to all of them. Why not utilize those amazing and very accurate email lists and and make sure this goes smoothly? I, I don't get it, but not just emails though, because I mean anybody can just create an email. That that's no, why I'm I mean saying active users. Yeah, but they, yeah, there there just there has to be at least two or three th things that they can kind of latch onto that you need to verify to be like, oh, okay, all of these things are verified. So, but so okay, so let's just say you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Or yeah. you're an Xbox Live subscriber. You have an active and recently paid, whatever. It's not, you know, yeah, yeah. you have a, an active paid membership. And then they email the, the, um, the, they send an email to the email account attached to that account. Mm -hmm. I think that by itself is a fair enough attempt to give you a shot at it. And yeah. if you miss it, you miss it. Now, I'm not opposed to them putting out a press release about it or a notification on your console when you log in. Hey, check your email for your account for your chance to get it, you know, to get uh, the new system. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, just in case they don't use that email anymore. But, um, oh, whoops, this game fired up while we're recording. Hang on. <laughs> but that's why I said, that's why I said even something like crazy, like, like you get some, like Sony actually does like a, a uh, giant, like email blast sort of thing right onto everyone's Playstations. 
that you go yeah. in there, you you basically you click on that, like, yeah, I, I'm getting this message from you, Sony. Like, I'm interested. Right. You click send on it, that. Send it to my email yeah. account. Right. And that triggers mm-hmm. the, the actual email to go to your your actual yep. email and address. then they put a real hard clear deadline you've got till september 29th yeah. to hit this button and then pre-orders go out to the public you yeah, know yeah. your chance and like make it clear and then if the customer doesn't log in in time that's their bad you know like, yeah. if they don't see it then that's a bummer that you missed it but we tried and I, I just think that that kind of approach would really go a long way for your customer base but listen that's we're missed on that one and derek made a good point earlier if there is another console launch, you know, who knows what the next, you know, wave of video game technology hey, release is going to look like Fortnite two, baby Fortnite two is going to happen. And then there's going to even be more youths playing video games. It's All true. these kids and their Fortnites. They're just going to put a chip in our head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fortnite's going to be real. It's going to be AR. Yeah. Augmented yeah. reality Fortnite. So it is, it is a bummer that it happened the way that it did. Um, I especially feel for those folks who like, that's all they wanted. Like if you're a major PlayStation four user and fan and you just weren't uh, around or weren't uh, told or saw the highlight, the headlines in time to get your access to a PS five, that just really sucks. Cause you're a hardcore Sony fan and you're stuck with the older model at least till I'm going to guess early 2021 um, when you would have purchased one. So that really sucks for those folks who, yeah you know, really wanted to upgrade. Um, I feel for them. I really do. That sucks pretty bad. So, cause I felt that disappointment and I wasn't even all that sold on it. And I was like, Oh, that'd be fun. But no, didn't get it. And I was really disappointed. So then I remembered like, dude, if you're a hardcore Sony fan, this sucks pretty hard. So, I mean, I, again, I'm still skeptical. I'm, I'm holding my breath until it actually gets <laughs> that you're going to get yours. Yeah. I, yeah. I know Derek yeah. is saying the bundles are pretty reliable, but I like, think, I think you're good to go. You were there in person. It's coming to your specific. Well, no, I had to do it online. Not only the bundles, but also the fact that they've had a second wave of even online orders right. tells me or should tell me again, unless GameStop screws it up that anybody who got the first wave should be locked in. Yeah, like you right. can't be doing a second wave if you don't have the numbers. for. The if you're going to trim the first wave back. Yeah. But my, my stigma with ordering things online is sure that happens. So say it gets shipped out, but then along the way, kind of like with Tim's uh, PC, the oh. first, you know, with that whole situation, like I don't, I don't fully trust it getting here. So that's why I'm still concerned and I'm holding my breath. <laughs> Searching through the UPS warehouse with the oldest well, lady that ever lived. I from yeah. home, so I expect that it will be here and I will, yeah. I will be on top oh, of it. I expect it to be here because, I mean, I paid for the damn thing. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's you guys why. Will, uh, you know. will, I think you guys will both have your PS5s this fall and I'll probably get mine early next year. Well, we'll um, tell you. Well, I'll send you a nice video of me cuddling it. Oh, good. Well, you're, it could be your bed, I think, right? It's the size of a mattress. I yes, think. exactly. <laughs> so, um, I'll all right. I'll upgrade well, my mattress. Let's move on past this topic. We'll try not to talk about it too much more until, you know, until the consoles launch or until we're closer to launch. Then we'll we'll dig back into some of this stuff. But uh, just a few headlines that jumped out at me this week. It was actually pretty quiet in terms of new and meaningful news. A lot of the news was around the same discussions we just had. Um. But I uh, just wanted to highlight a couple of things. Like for Nintendo, they did announce a new Super Smash Brothers character, and it's going to be Steve from Microsoft. <sighs> the other, I'm sorry, from Mi- Minecraft. Ah, same thing, though, right? Um, Steve from Minecraft and a couple of his skins from Minecraft uh, that you can this swap is, uh, out for, for him. This is, this is unacceptable, Tim. Why? 
This is unacceptable. What were you expecting? What were you wanting? Well, I mean, I want Gino, and I'm not going to stop asking for Gino until we get Gino. Otherwise, I'm burning this entire world to the ground. I um, would much rather have a real Super Mario RPG follow-up. But that's what I mean. Gino so for me, in, in, in my head and, and in my heart, I want it badly because then there's hope for a sequel. Ah, uh, because they're thinking about it. Yes. Gino and Mallow, right? Let's add both those yes, guys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Minecraft is fine, but like I just visually the aesthetic of minecraft is not a is not pleasing to me so right. you throw in this like blocky guy that i don't care about into this game with these really awesome looking characters i like i just i don't care i don't care <laughs> like, i got gotcha. you to each their own i mean people are obviously excited they love they love minecraft i just don't think that that was that was more of a an executive decision as opposed to a creative decision yeah agreed agreed well, here's something that you guys should care about. For any of you out there listening, I know this doesn't apply to Derek or Dan or myself, but if you do not yet own Ghost of Tsushima, it looks like you can get it for 45 bucks on the PlayStation Store right now. Do so it. go get it. You're crazy if you don't. Do it's it. possibly the best game they put out this generation, and it's been one of Sony's best generation of games. Um, it's it's right up there at least, right? It's right up there with the God of Wars and Horizons yeah. and Spider Man and Last of Us Part Two. It's right up there. It's right at the top of those that list. So, if you don't like samurai games, there is literally something wrong with you. Yeah, I agree with that. There's actually. absolutely but something wrong with you. I typically uh, don't want to agree with any sweeping generalizations, but that one's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for agreeing. That one is accurate. So go grab it. Uh, also, Derek, you need to be really upset. They swapped out a new character model for Peter Parker for the PS5 <laughs> version of Spider-Man, and I, they didn't select you for this. I've already yeah. unleashed too much anger. Derek, be angry for me. I, I've been too angry yeah. this episode. Uh, yeah, I didn't have an issue with it at all. I actually, <laughs> thought, I actually thought, I saw people saying I didn't have an issue with it, but I thought the first model was better. I was like, no, I actually think the second one looks like an actual teenager, looks like I don't know. He he looks more Peter Parker-ish to me. But... Well, he's in his early twenties in the game. Hmm. Yeah, but he he looks. I mean, he looks like he's he looks younger, eighteen to twenty-two. Yeah, it I think the good. bottom line is. I mean, the, the game is still amazing. So, like, yeah. however his yeah. face looks like, like I get it. You're like, oh, like I I thought that was a nice looking character. I mean, like well, it. I Honestly, mean, I don't think this matters. This is one of those like news items that shouldn't matter, but everyone's just looking for something to get all mad. I, I mean, honestly, man, and I know, you know, I got called out for this, but like me hating on whiners, and so I whine about people whining. But like, <laughs> I really do get tired of like the stupid stuff people pick to get angry over. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Why would you get mad that they decide to change? his face like when you go game again you're not gonna care it's like the equivalent of like when ea does the the shady dumb things that they do um (laughs) it's almost like it's on par with that right like everyone just complains at the same level about things that actually matter but then things that don't matter it's it's absurd it's just complaining because we're just so i have all of this there's been a lot of and i get i know we're going a little long with the show so I'll, i'll try to be quick but there's been a lot of like frustration also in, in I would say in general, but also in the big groups about uh, being charged for Spider-Man again, the remaster version. But yeah, I, what do you I, think about that? Huh? 
I was just going to ask you, yeah, what do you think about being charged for it again? What do you think about that? So kind of my rule of thumb, and I've made several comments in multiple different uh, groups and posts about this. My rule of thumb is, and, and I can't tell if somebody's actually working on it or not, but if you're doing any type of work through the game, you have the right to charge for it. So if you're actually going in, you're not just sliding a button up and going, okay, we added ray tracing. Um, but you're actually going in and changing things and you're actually putting in hard work and making the experience better for the gamer, then I think you have the right to charge. So that was what I was going to say. So I've got a lot of, got a lot of people online complaining about being charged an extra $20 to get Spider-Man remastered, yet they're comparing it to the fact that Microsoft is, uh, and this is again, and this is a lot of Sony ponies that are saying this too so this is kind of a win for for microsoft but they're comparing it to microsoft um remastering in a way their games and i'm saying remastering softly uh as far as i know although somebody did show me that gears is getting ray tracing too um all of the microsoft exclusives that are getting touched up are not getting ray tracing except as far as I know, like I said, Gears 5. They're all just, you know, getting um, higher like resolution. So most of them are running 4K or close to 4K. So they're just actually going to native 4K. And then some of them are being impacted by the frames per second, stuff like that. But that to me doesn't take a lot of work. And the reason I can prove that is I think we actually talked about it. We did talk about it on last week's show about how some games just playing it on the Series X bumps it from 30 to 60 frames per second without mm-hmm. without them even touching the game. So right. and that's the same thing with PC. If I upgrade my uh, my GPU from my 1080 to a 3080, there's going to be some huge differences and no developer went in there and changed their game. Um, to my experience, I should say. But anyway, so... I, my rule of thumb is I think that you should be able to charge if you're doing something. So Digital Foundry actually released a video kind of showing you what they did with Spider-Man. And they are adding ray tracing. It's not going to be the highest level of ray tracing that I would say, and I don't mean this in a snobby way, Tim and I have experienced with, you know, like control and stuff like that when we turn it on high. Oh. Um but it is ray tracing. They are adding ambient inclusion and shadows and stuff like that. And they were showing it. And, of course, gamers were complaining about that. They are like, it's not even very good. It's the, the shadows are in 1080p where the game's in 4K, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you do realize that if they fully unlock ray tracing, because keep in mind, I think a lot of people are really ignorant to what, what ray tracing does to performance if they fully unlock ray tracing and just like blow it up turn it up to the highest setting spider-man ain't moving like he's just gonna stand still (laughs) how dare you try to prevent spidey from moving (laughs) yeah so they have to have a balance and that's what digital foundry did a good job spider-man ain't moving ain't moving but digital foundry did a good job of kind of breaking it down they're like hey listen and he the way he did it too he was like hey if you want this this and this but you only have this amount of capacity, you have to then divvy it up by those four things that you're trying to get accomplished with the amount that you have to be able to run the game. And that's basically what they've done. They've done the best that they could, and then they've given gamers options. 
So I, I know I went on for a while, but it's just because I do realize there's a lot of people that don't fully understand this stuff. So if you listen to our show, I want you to understand it. And that is I support charging for this remaster um, because, again, I think they're putting in the work. If Microsoft is not and they're putting in the work that uh, Insomniac's doing, like let's say it's equal, then good on them. But let's keep in mind that Microsoft is not doing this because they like you and because they're a better company. They're doing this simply because we're in second, and this is just another little thing that we can do to help us change your way of looking at us, which I already told you, some Sony ponies were already looking at this differently because they were like, Microsoft's doing it. And all those little things add up, and maybe eventually you're like, you know what, I'm going to get a Series S because... They're doing this for free. They're doing this. And they have Bethesda games. There's no reason not to. So that's why they're doing it. But in my opinion, yes, charge if, you, if you're if you putting in the work. You definitely deserve it. All developers deserve the money if they're putting in the work. Well, yeah. two, two, it's a two-pronged complaint, right? Because it's the one that you just said, which is the main one, the $20, um, which I agree with everything that you said. But then the other thing is... And and I actually am for this. Like they're not selling it separately. You have to yeah. get it as the seventy dollar edition of the Miles Morales. And I think that's silly. I think just also sell it separately, and then and all those other people that aren't gonna want to get both. I don't know. Maybe maybe they just hadn't tried the first one yet, and they just want to try it just to make so, sure. They'll, you know, here's my thing. I actually agree with you. But I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Like, let me pretend I'm Sony. So what do they really want to sell you? They really well, want to sell you the $70. They want to sell you yeah. Miles Morales. Yeah. So because some gamers are cheap, what they might be thinking, and obviously they want to sell it as a package because that just makes Miles Morales, like it makes the Miles Morales package look better to add that game on instead of going, well, we're going to sell it separate too. So... I think the other logical thing would be they might be a little afraid that people will just buy the $20 Spider-Man experience and skip Miles Morales until it gets a price drop. This eliminates the ability for you to do that. This forces you to buy Miles Morales at $50 to get that game at 20. You can never get it separate. And, um, I was actually a little worried about that because I told you guys, and I think Dan got the same bundle as me. We got Spider-Man in our bundle, but we did not get the $70 version. We right. got the $50 version, which is only Miles Morales. And I was bummed because I was like, well, even if I'm not planning on playing Spider-Man uh, again, like right now, because with all the games that are coming up, I'm 100% not going to do that. But... um I still would like to own the best version of it. Right. And for $20, why wouldn't I? So I started well, that's, doing- That's literally, that's why I'm saying that because I think from, from a, uh, a good customer uh, uh, experience or, you know, doing something good for the customer, I think it would have been also sell this se- separately for the people that just are on the fence. They had not tried Spider-Man for whatever reason here's 20 bucks, this Spider-Man play it. They're oh, like, oh my I, God, like this I is said, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, I know. Them trying to get as much money without. No, absolutely. 
but that's why I don't like that whole businessy crap of like, well, no, now you have to spend seventy dollars, and, and then they buy it, right? And then for whatever reason, they don't like it, and then they're pissed because they just spent seventy dollars. Like, and we're lucky that, uh, well, I shouldn't say lucky, but I was lucky to find out that I am able to upgrade to the seventy dollar version, even though I was forced to buy the fifty dollar version. So if you have the Miles Morales, and they can, you can, I think. Through the Miles Morales game, you can go in and then buy the upgrade for twenty bucks. Oh, you so can. That I'm happy about. I'll do that because I was a little nervous. Like, am I gonna have to, am I gonna have to like sell my fifty dollar version for maybe forty forty five and then buy the seventy dollar one because I'm so you can upgrade it. it. You can. You can. Oh, where it. did you see that? I have. I have not seen that. They verified it after because a lot of people were like me. They were like, "So am I allowed to get like it? Game like, GameStop verified it? No, um, Sony. Oh, they said that if you if you own the Miles Morales version, you like if you buy a physical copy of Miles Morales, you can then upgrade to the Ultimate Edition for twenty dollars. Like in the in-game menu, maybe something. That's like that? what I was thinking. It's probably in the in-game menu. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know there's been a lot of outcry for this, and I think for good reason. You know, in some cases, yeah, I think if you've never played the Spider-Man game, then this doesn't matter. This really only matters to folks who have already invested time and money into the original one. If you haven't, then whatever. I think it's fine. It's a fine price for a great game. Um, so, yeah. There's a lot of issues with this release so far. There's what we've talked yeah. about, and we're not going to get into this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. There's also a lot of people complaining about the fact that they can't transfer their saves from the PS4 to the PS5. So there's a lot of bad, I would say, PR right now for from Sony fans. I don't think it's being broadcasted on like IGN and all that as much, but there are a lot of people in the groups really getting frustrated with how Sony's doing things because, again, you have to remember they're simply comparing it to how Microsoft right now is doing things. And they're going, wait, Microsoft's doing it better. And seven years ago, it was the opposite. Everybody was going, why would I buy an Xbox? Because Sony is doing everything. We want it better. Yeah. Yeah, There's something about when you're not in first place, or at least not clearly in first place, that makes you way more customer friendly and savvy and, and more willing to, to do the customer friendly stuff. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to me that um, Sony doesn't recognize some of this, or at least I shouldn't say recognize it. I'm sure they recognize it that it doesn't seem to matter to them as much, you know, which is a bummer. The save file thing is a weird one to me. I don't understand that one at all. Um, I feel like any game that you could play in previous gen and you're going to play in your upgraded system, any game, even if it's a remastered version of it, they should do the, their best effort to make sure you can carry your save over that any progress, anything you've unlocked, any DLC you've purchased, all that stuff should come with, with the game, the upgraded version. Um, and I, I know some cases that might in some, well, in some cases that might be difficult, right? Cause they're, they're remastering Spider-Man. There might be some things that they say, Hey, listen, the way this game is coded, it's not as straightforward as you think. Okay, fair enough. But I think it's worth the effort to make it work because you're asking a lot of your, your customer base to just pretend like the previous progress never happened yeah i mean i have to say i'm disappointed like i would have liked to just start new game plus that might actually that would actually like encourage me to want to play it again because now i would be able to play new game plus so i get to keep everything i've already done right most of the stuff 
And then I'm now getting to play New Game Plus in this beautiful, better version of it. But now I'm I can't. Now I have to just start it over. And I know there's counter arguments. Well, it's a different skew, and and every game of the year version always has a different skew. But that was what I was gonna say. Is I don't understand that. Like I don't understand. Like I bought The Witcher, uh, The Witcher Three on the Xbox. I started it. This was a long time ago, and I started. I got like seven hours in, and then I sold that version because I was playing on the PS4, and I ended up getting the game of the year version like super cheap to run it on the one x and when i started it up sure enough it was as if my save file didn't exist because it reads it as two separate properties like there's the witcher 3 and then there's the witcher 3 game of the year version and they both have their own save files they both are completely separate different SKUs, and that's pretty much what sony's doing here they're going you what you had on your PS4 is a different skew than what you have on your PS5, and they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying, and I think there probably is some technical limitations uh, that are causing this to come out the way that it is. But it certainly is a bummer. It's really, yet another. It's another hit to the customer trust and customer friendliness uh, that we're seeing, especially from Sony, but honestly, from both in different ways. So. Uh, yeah, it definitely is a bummer. Enough of these shenanigans. Enough. Enough. Yeah, for real. For real. Well, that pretty much does it for topics. I'm sorry, for headlines from this past week, unless I'm forgetting something. I, I don't think I am. Nothing major, nothing worth discussing, really. Tim, um, I just want to thank you for letting me week. air my grievances. I've been furious for an entire week. Thank you. I'm so glad. Well, listen, don't forget, everybody, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 4 is now here and reviewing well. Go play it. Also, um, for those of you who are curious, I know you're dying to know, I have successfully purchased using the $10 coupon uh, and downloaded Star Wars Squadron while we recorded. So I'm hey. going to play that immediately after we hang up. I am very excited now to play that. And so I'll give you my thoughts on that. I wonder if it'll be just chat. as mediocre as uh, Fallen Order. Am I right, Derek? Huh? Oh my gosh. Huh? You mean the best game of 2019? <laughs> I mean, All right. I'm sure there's a part of the game where you just like jump from wall to wall to wall. <laughs> Why would you fly in that game? I mean, you just have to just jump. But you actually around. use the X-Wing, right? You're not you not the character the X-Wing is wall jumping wall to wall, right? Yeah, you just huh? basically you just you're skating in your X-Wing. You're just yeah, on yeah. top of it, skating around and jumping. You guys are really heart, heartless fools is what you both are. <laughs> both of you. All right, well, that does it for us this week. We are out of here. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Dragon Age is better.